You know, folks, when we open up our Bible, we find all kinds of commands in there, don't we? It starts with the 10 and it just goes on to a whole bunch of others. Some of those commands are pretty simple and straightforward. Some take a little bit more work to understand and maybe a little bit more work to figure out how to apply. But I want us to start this morning by thinking of one of these really simple ones. Not, not necessarily simple to apply, but a Pretty simple statement, pretty straightforward, not a lot of difficulty in understanding what it says. It comes to us from Philippians 2.5. It says there, make this your attitude, the same one Jesus had. Did you have a command like that on your life? That's not a, a neat idea. It's, it's not a goal to shoot for, something to think on. No, the command of God on your life is that you have the same attitude about stuff that Jesus would have. Now, as you go on from Philippians 2.5, the next five, six verses, Paul kind of unwraps what that attitude looks like. And in that particular passage, he uses two key words there, humility and obedience. Man, he says, man, the, the, the attitude of Christ was one of obedience. I mean, to the point, no matter what it cost, how could he, how would he obey the Father? No matter what the cost in that was. And so Paul certainly unwraps that idea for us. But folks, as, as followers of Christ, as believers, as, as people seeking to be like him, we should take a command like that and kind of run back into the Gospels, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we go back into the Gospels and kind of just be studying and looking at the life of Christ and looking, I've got this command on my life to have the same attitude Jesus had. Well, what was his attitude? I want to go look at his life. What was his attitude about marriage? What was his attitude about money? What was his attitude about his enemies? What was his attitude about his friends? What was his attitude about life? And folks, would you believe everything you're going to deal with this week, everything you're going to have an attitude about, and we have an attitude about everything, don't we? Everything we approach, we've got an attitude on what that is, what that means, and what it means to us. Everything we're going to deal with this this week Jesus in the gospel shows you his attitude toward that. And we need to know that, don't we? Because whether I realize that command is there or not, it's there. And you're going to have dozens, dozens and dozens of opportunities to express an attitude this week. And it should be the same exact attitude that Jesus would show in that moment. One of those verses in the gospels that gives us not a specific area, but kind of a life area you know, kind of an attitude about life, uh, is Mark 10.45. A pretty simple, direct verse. I think one that some of us are, are familiar with. And in that verse, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Now think about that. That's the attitude of Christ toward life. That's the opposite of ours, isn't it? I mean, my attitude is, how does this serve me? And folks, the this is everything you and I walk into this week. We walk into a relationship. What are they doing for me? Are they making me happy? Are they lifting me up? Are they meeting my needs? We walk into a job. How's this job serving my need? How's this situation helping me? We look at everything in life out there. How is it serving me? And Jesus says, man, that's not my attitude at all. I, I didn't come here to see how stuff would serve me. I came here to serve. Now, what brought this discussion about is the disciples were doing what you and I do 
They were having a little debate and dialogue about position and about authority and who has it and who's going to get it. In other words, what's going to lift me up? What's going to make me look good at the end of the day? And that's where Jesus is saying, guys, you got, you got a completely wrong attitude about this. You're not walking into a situation saying, how does this situation lift me up? You're, you're supposed to be walking into a situation saying, how do I lift the situation up? How do I lift the person up? How do I walk in and serve? That's the attitude of Christ. So, so folks, if I have the attitude of Christ, I'm walking into my marriage, I'm walking into my work, I'm, I'm walking into a relationship with a total stranger, into a relationship with my best friend, and every one of those places I'm looking, how do I serve here? What do I give here? What do I do in this moment and in this place? If you have the attitude of Christ, you're thinking, how do I serve and if you look at the last part of Mark 10, 45, you're also thinking many. Not how do I just serve my best friend? Not how do I just serve my, my mate? How do I serve many? And, and folks, this isn't just uh, uh, an attitude that we have. This isn't just a command on our life. Would you believe this is what you're actually created for? You know what it says there in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1. It says when you were created, it was done so that you were created in the image of God. You, you were created to look like Him. You were created to reflect Him. You were created to live like Him. Now, there are some things that are God that, that we can't do. Like, like God's all-knowing. I can't reflect that. I've tried, but my wife has assured me that I'm not all-knowing. God is everywhere present. I've tried reflecting that. I'm... I have this nasty habit of being just stuck in one spot. You know what I'm talking about? I can't reflect God. But you know what? God's loving. I can reflect that, can't you? God's forgiving. That's something we can reflect. And God's a servant. Isn't that what Jesus just showed us in Mark 10, 45? I mean, think of who said that. The Son of Man. The one who has the position above all positions. The one who has authority above all authority. And He says, what am I? I'm a servant. Okay, if, if I am created to reflect God, if I am created to be like God, then I am created to be a servant. So folks, I've got a command on my life. Okay, have the same attitude of Christ. What was the attitude of Christ? How can I serve here? I've, I've got a creation in my life. I'm created to be like God. That's to look like a servant. You see, what we're, we're talking about a command. We're, we're, we're talking about a creation. We're kind of getting to the core of our existence, aren't we? I mean, this is where we find the meaning of life, the purpose of life. How many people are wandering around on this planet? The answer is 100%. How many people are wandering around on this planet looking for life, looking for worth, looking for value, looking for something that says, hey, my life counts, my life means something? Folks, the answer is right here. We're all going to launch into a week where I'm going to try to do things to make me happy, to take care of me, to find fulfillment for me. And Jesus is said it's going to be found not in serving yourself, but in serving others. That's where our worth, that's where our value is. And it's not just a command. It's not just our creation. You are actually gifted and enabled to do just this. To be a servant. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Verse 7 says, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each person. Now that phrase right there, each person, that's not a reference to each person on the planet. In the context of this passage, that is each person in the church. Every genuine believer, every genuine follower of Christ in this room has had a manifestation of the Spirit in their life. 
It's, we call it a spiritual gift. He has manifested. He has shown himself. He has provided in your life a gift to produce what is beneficial. Now, where this verse goes a little bit differently, we can look at something like Philippians 2.5 and Mark 10.45 and say, man, as, as I take on an attitude of serving, that's in anywhere in life, right? Anywhere I go, how can I be a servant in this place? 1 Corinthians 12.7 is kind of boiling that down and saying, wherever else we might be doing that in life, we have to be doing it in here. The Holy Spirit has manifested Himself in your life for one specific purpose, to be a servant in here, to serve and to help inside the church body. So folks, we're talking about, man, what's the path to happiness, the path to value, the path to life? It's found in obeying what you were commanded to do, living what you were created to be, putting into place that which you've been gifted with, and that is to serve and to serve in His church. Now when I talk about serving in His church, okay, I'm not talking about, and this this is what I think a lot of us, we think of, you know, when we think of serving in the church. We think of somebody getting up front and saying, now I've got a sign-up list here, folks, for this Friday. And, and if, you don't, if we don't get four more names to sign up on this, then we're going to have to cancel. Okay? So I need four more names. I'm going to come over here and start the sign-up list. That's usually how church work's done, isn't it? You, you go there, they pass out the clipboard, and we've got to have these names or we're going to have to cancel the event. Folks, what I think the Scripture is talking to us about right here is not about the church need. What need we have this Friday and whether we get four more names or not. It's not about our need. It's about your need. Do do you see from these passages? It is your need for your life. For your well-being. How many of us are going to go out there and give 100% of this week to our life and well-being and stuff that is never going to work at giving you life and well-being? It is your need to get engaged in serving inside of and with the body of Christ. That's your need. Not my need. Not my list. You need to come alongside the body of Christ and say, what's my role? What's my gift in enabling the body of Christ to advance the kingdom of God? What's my role? What's my gift in coming alongside of Colonial Heights Baptist Church and serving in a way that this church is having an impact on this community and all over this world? Are we thinking about that? How can I serve so it affects the entire planet? And God's given us the church to do that. How do I come in with with my gifts and abilities, with my time, with my effort, come alongside another person just to help, to encourage them in in their walk, in their relationship with the Lord? You know, folks, we've talked a lot recently about how much our church has grown. And when we think of growth, we we think of numbers of people, right? You know, the church is growing because it has numbers of people growing but right now, the, the growth I'm thinking about, the growth our staff is trying, how do we grow opportunities to serve? N- not, not because I've got a list to fill out, but because our job is to provide the body of Christ opportunities to obey all these passages, to live out what God's created them to be. How do we create opportunities and places and ministries to serve for the body of Christ to come alongside? H- how, how do we do that? And so we're looking at at all these ways that that's how we have to grow. That is how we have to develop. That's the need we have. Now, you know what? I'll be honest with you. We do have a list. We do have a list. And if we don't get four more names on it, we're canceling the whole thing. 
Now, we're not really in an issue of, boy, if we don't get this many names, we're going to have to close that door, not do that ministry, not have that. Folks, we're not doing things just to try to survive, just to try to have an event. We're thinking, how do we grow the list so that we can be more, so that we can go further, so that we can do more in our community and in our world? It's not about surviving. It's about going as far as we can. I mean, when you look at how much this church is doing, you know, it's probably hard to believe sometime that we would have need. I, I think people pull onto this campus and, man, all they see is, is people serving everywhere. I mean, you guys, it starts out in the parking lot. There's people out there all over the place. They get to wear those cool reflective jackets. They won't give me one. You know, then you walk through the door and there's people greeting you. And then you walk through the, this door and there's ushers. And then you come in here and then there's people behind machines and people behind instruments and people back here singing. Then you go to Bible fellowship and there's people serving in there. And there's people serving with your kids. I mean, there's people everywhere serving. You know, we really do have a lot of people serving, don't we? We had last year over 1,000 people. I think it was like 1,003. But that's over 1,000, isn't it? We actually identified 1,003 individual people that served in the life of Colonial Heights Baptist. Now, some of that may... Well, yeah, we praise the Lord for that. Some of those jobs might have been a one-time event. They served on Friday, July 17th. Some of those jobs may have been things that went on every single week. Some of it might have been rotating through a month. But, but over 1,000 people served. And yet... I'm not looking to just clamp it down there. Man, we got all the serve. No, how do we grow so that everybody can serve? When you look at what we've done with the people that are serving, do you ever think what could be? What would it look like? Here's a crazy thought. If the entire body of Christ was being the body of Christ. What would it look like if the entire body of Christ was serving, they had the same attitude of Jesus? If the entire body of Christ was employing the gift that the Holy Spirit has given them and serving? Now, folks, I tell you, we, got, we do have a, a great need coming up. As a matter of fact, uh, you see inside your bulletin, we've already announced this. May 1st, we're going to four worship services. Four worship services, four Bible fellowship hours. And if you look inside your bulletin on the, uh, what is that, the bottom right-hand corner, you see what that schedule is going to look like. You'll see the worship times. You'll see a description of what that worship service is going to look like, what that worship service uh, is, is going to do. That's going to begin May 1st. Now, you know what? Going to those four services, that's going to stretch us a little. I mean, I mean, we've got people working really hard right now, huffing and puffing. We've got people working every Sunday. Some of those positions we'd like to spread out a little bit more. We've got some folks serving Sunday morning and Sunday night. Coming back and helping us make the, the, the morning version of the evening happen. Uh, and, and so we got people serving. We want to see that grow so we can make sure no matter what we've got going on, we have as much opportunity to reach, to go further, and to do all that God wants us to do in that. And so we're looking for ways to, to create opportunities for you to get involved. You know, we have, we have talked the last couple of weeks about the story that God is writing here at Colonial Heights Baptist. We've focused that mainly on how we join God in that story through giving. But today, maybe we switch gears and think about another way we join God in the story He's writing here. And that is through serving. How can I be a part of what God's doing here in the way that I serve. And to help you to understand some of those ways, I want to bring somebody up. Debbie Huerman. Debbie, come on up here. Debbie is on, uh, 
is on our staff. She and her husband, Greg, have been uh, members here f- forever, long time. How long have you been a member here? 24 years. 24 years? Gosh, that's older than me. Um, <laughs> they, they, here you go. They've been members here 24 years. And then, don't, don't say anything. I know what you're about to say. I could see it. Uh, and then Debbie's been on our staff. Uh, this summer will be three years, right? right. Debbie's been on our staff. And, and her title is Director of... Volunteer Ministries. Vo- volunteer... I thought it was services. Mm, ministries. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Positive. So Debbie's title is Director of Volunteer Ministries. She's one that kind of coordinates uh, all of these ways of serving all throughout our church. Now, having said that, Debbie, tell us a little bit more about what you do in that job. How long do I have? Uh, not long enough. <laughs> I actually facilitate what you just preached on. I have the opportunity to help people connect where God is leading them to serve. Okay. And then I also coordinate some of the teams in the First Touch Ministries, the security team, the parking team, the ushers, the greeters, the information desk, medical response teams. Okay. I sort of handle them also. All that. Um, now, I just told them a whole lot of people serve in our church. I, I kind of said last year. I remember that list we saw of the different names. But on a given Sunday, how many people does it take to make Sunday happen here? How many people are involved in serving? On a given Sunday, we have four to 500 people that make Sunday happen. We actually have some of those serving in two or three spots. So if you do the math... There's over a thousand positions available on a Sunday. On one Sunday. On one Sunday for you to get involved, for you to get connected with a ministry here. Okay. Now, I've told them, we, well, we want to see every ministry grow, whatever, whether it be parking team or Bible fellowship or children. We want to see every ministry grow, and every ministry needs people. To, right. Not to survive, but needs people to go further, to do more, and to be what God wants us to be. But we also have probably some critical areas. What are some of the critical areas in our church right now? We have several critical areas. You mentioned it. We're going to four services, three in the morning and one at night. And with that comes need for media. It, it's a need for more parking people, uh, security, medical response. We need greeters, ushers. So that's a real need to spread people out. And uh, then... The stage... And then we have 10-minute turnaround team. Don't, don't mention the 10-minute part. It's, it's going to be 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's a change round of the stage between each of the services. So that's a big, yeah. big need. We're going to be do, when we go to the four services, we're going to be doing something with the physical structure up here to kind of enhance worship and do some different things with what each of those uh, will be like. And so there'll be a change between the first and second service. Mm-hmm. And then yes. a change between the third and fourth service. Correct. And need people to help turn that mm-hmm. over. And then also we got like well, 18,000 square feet we're opening. Yeah, we thought <laughs> we'd go ahead and let everybody go in the building now. Yeah. Um, we have 18,000 square feet of new building for the children's ministry. And with that comes a need. They've got, I think, um, 14 new classrooms. In addition to what they already have, they're going to need classroom leaders They're opening a puppet theater for the preschool. They're open to another kids worship. So at the same time, they'll have two kids worships going on simultaneously. They need media. They need tech people. They need people that just want to be with children. That's almost everything we need in here. They They need they're producing that over there. Yes. So great opportunity to get involved 
uh, with our kids. Mm -hmm. So, uh, now Debbie, they don't know this yet. They don't know the service actually is not going to end in here today. The service is going to end out there in the concourse. And in a moment, I'm going to send them out there. Debbie, tell them what I'm sending them to. What's out there in the concourse for them today? Out in concourse, you're going to find tables for each of the ministries that go on here at the church. At those tables are people that work 40 or 50 hour week. They take care of the kids. They do the laundry. They cut the grass. They go to the grocery store. But they still have seen the vision and have a passion for that ministry. And that's where they serve. I'm asking you to go out there and get an iced coffee or Randy's See, This is favorite. incredible. This is incredible. Tell them what's out there. We have Tang. Tang. Did y'all know they even still sold that? I mean, they, we got the, I didn't think, you know what? We brought this from the moon. How many of you old enough remember the astronauts drinking? T- to the glory of God, we're going to drink Tang this morning, folks. It is out there. I'm not even sure what Tang is. It's just orange sugar, isn't it? <laughs> so, there's Tang out there. There's Tang out there. Praise there's God. Ice coffee. There's cookies. Go out there. You're going to, when you leave, you're going to get a volunteer manual. Look through it, browse around, talk to the people at the tables, ask them why they serve. Ask them why they are committed and have a passion for that ministry. Grab something to eat, mill around, talk, sign up on the cards out in the concourse. And the real goal of all this? Is to send you further with your walk with the Lord. Yeah, connecting people with Christ. Connecting people with Christ. Connecting people with each other. And serving the kingdom of God together. Right. Making relationships. And she directs all that. Man, thank you, Debbie, for directing all that. (laughs) Folks, I I want you to look at your watch. Okay? I got 13 till 12. Does that sound pretty close to what you got? We're getting ready to end the service. And I mean, it's going to be a hard ending. No music. No holding hands. I'm going to say amen. And we're going to go. Now... Let me explain something here. <laughs> Folks, sometimes there's something more important going on than beating traffic. Sometimes there's something bigger in life than five minutes. You're going to give a whole week to looking for life and fulfillment. And you're looking at it in stuff that is never ever, ever going to give you life and fulfillment. And you might walk right by what would have taken you five minutes to find out what God created you for. You, you, you might walk right by what would have taken you five minutes to come into, to step into obedience. Folks, would you go out there today? And, and I'm, I'm not, I didn't plan a short sermon. We're planning, this is a part of the service, to get out there and give you five or seven minutes to walk around. I mean, my gosh, to get tang. Do it for the tang, folks. Do it for the tang. But to go out there, and here's what I would encourage you to do. Walk by a table and and ask a question. Let me tell you what you do not have to do out there today. You don't have to sign anything. Now, I I would imagine there's going to be some of you out here, you're going to hear something, you're going to see something, and you say, man, that's what I want to do, that's what I've been looking for. Can I sign up? Yes, you can sign up today. But nobody, you don't have to sign anything. All we want you to do is just ask some questions about how and where God might use you in the body of Christ. There are all kinds of opportunities and ways to serve out there. And here's the beautiful thing. If you start doing something and you hate it, you know what you do? You'll never hear this from a pastor. Quit! 
doing it. You know, we got lots of places to be involved, folks. I, you know what? There are some things I do to serve the Lord because I want to have His attitude. Remember what started all this? There are some things I do to serve the Lord. I wouldn't call on my favorite list. You know, that's not the, 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 the most fun things I do in life. But the beauty of it is there's also some ways that I serve the Lord that are incredibly fulfilling. I mean, I, I, I can spend all day doing that and I'm more energized at the end of that opportunity than I was in the beginning. And so what we're looking for, we say, man, how do I find my spiritual gift? How do I know what God's will is for me in serving? My answer is start. Start doing something and God's will bubbles up to the top. Where you're gifted and empowered to serve, it bubbles up to the top. And you'll find an intersection. You'll find a place where you're serving and it's exciting and it's fulfilling and you're energized by it. And you, and you leave here at the end of the day or at the end of a ministry or at the end of an event. And you know, I was a part of what God did there. I got to be a part of what God was doing there in that event or in that morning. And that event intersects with a way that you really bless and enable the church to go further. Now, you know, you, you, to an extent, you can say anything I do to help the church helps the church go further, right? But there are some things, and that's where our giftedness crosses. There are some things where it is especially helpful to the church. And God has made it so that every believer in here, you have a way that you can bless the church that the person next to you cannot. Whether the church is the whole body or whether it's an individual, but it will result in what the verses say, in the benefit of many. So would you take five or seven minutes and go out there and look at a table two, ask some questions. Uh, Debbie has set it up purpose, made our pastors mad. You know, the pastors want to stand out there and recruit. She says, no, they want to talk to real people. <laughs> what does that make us? But she says, no, they all think you get paid to do this. But she's got people out there just like you to talk to about how, how you can be involved and what you can do. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say amen, and you're going to go. Now, there may be some others in here today, and you're thinking, man, I, I, this Christ, I'm still captured back there by that worship, this Christ who loves me. I, w I want to know this Christ. Maybe you're here today, and you do want to talk to somebody about a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you're here today, and, and you're thinking, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's, that's where I want to join. If you want to do that, I'm going to have some pastors down here at the front. Uh, Mike, would you stand up, and so we can see at least one of you. And Is there any others? I know there will be others. Isn't Jim supposed to be over here? Jim's fired. Oh, there you are, Jim. We were just, we were just talking about what a great part you have in our church. Uh, so Mike and Jim uh, will be down here. So when I say amen and the congregation kind of starts to filter that way, you just hold tight and kind of filter your way this way. And just say, hey, I'd like to know more about a relationship with Christ or joining the church. And they'll help you uh, with that decision this morning. But we're all going to go out there to a table, aren't we? Find out what God has for us. Oh, no, 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 you're faking it now. You're faking it now. But I'm, I'm going to pray it up in you, okay? All right, let, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I just come before you. And Lord, I thank you that you, you are not calling us to do something that you were above. Lord, I think sometimes we get agitated in life, whether it's at church or at home or at work, when we feel like people are asking us to do something or making us do something just because they don't want to do it themselves. Man, Lord, when it comes to serving, there was nothing that was beneath you. You actually bowed down before people and washed their feet. You actually went to a cross 
because of my need. It wasn't your need. There was nothing that you were being served in at the cross. You were there serving my need, my distance from God that I had created through my hate, my rejection, my rebellion and disobedience. And I couldn't fix that problem. I had an incredible need and you came to serve that. So Father, whatever we commit ourselves to doing, You've done it. You've been a servant. You've been a helper. You've come to meet the needs of others. And God, I pray You would put a burden in our lives to change maybe our attitude of how we look at our marriage, our home, our job. But Lord, especially how we look at the church. The opportunity to serve You and to serve Your people. Father, I pray that as we leave this room, there is a burden on our lives to realize this is where my life is. This is where fulfillment and and excitement and energy is going to be when I step into what God's created me for. Lord, I pray you're going to bless the conversations that are out there. Lord, as we mill around these tables, I pray you'll guide them. I pray you'll guide each person to the table, to the conversation, the person that you want them to have. And Lord, would you raise up in our church? God, I'm thankful for the the thousand that served. God, this year, could it be 2,000? This is a big community. This is a big world. There's a great opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. God, would you bring hundreds of new people into serving in the body of Christ? Guide us out there, Lord. I pray we have a great time of just exploring you and what you've called us to. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.